0: Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night.
1: One minute of screen time per episode. Today specifically, that's going to be myself, Rudy Thornburg, and my friend Christopher Frayne. Uh, and normally what we're doing is talking about Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's kind of our, as Chris would say, ballywick. Um, but we're taking ballywick? a break to enjoy some mid-80s, uh, I don't know, let's say Hollywood obscurity. I mean, it's a hard-to-find film. We don't talk about it very much in contemporary society. However, it is... In polite company. (laughs) Totally, yeah. Not in mixed company. However, it is unabashedly a Hollywood film.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about minute 32 Mm -hmm. in this episode. Which
1: one did we do beforehand?
0: 31. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive right into the minute here. Yep. And uh, Elvis leaves the building. Elvis has very good. Elvis Thank has you. left the building in the last minute, mm-hmm. and in this minute, uh, Goldblum and and Diana. I, I keep calling him Goldblum. That's Ed Oaken is the character played by. But Ed is such Jeff a Goldblum.
1: phenomenally memorable name. I don't for a yeah. protagonist in the film. Yeah, uh, um, they are in
0: the alley. They have just learned that Ed's car, the little beige Toyota, mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah, it's been towed. Now they are trying to figure out what to do next.
1: So Ed says he's out. He's out. First of all, he's out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm calling a cab. I'll call you a cab too. blah, blah, blah. And what does she say? She
0: responds with this is Los Angeles. There aren't any taxis. Call in with your
1: opinions on this because we have
0: opinions about this. If you lived in Los Angeles in the 1980s, um, which I did not, but I would imagine there were taxis. Hollywood, three in the morning. Hollywood, three in the morning. It can't be that Well, we
1: don't know. Is it that late? Didn't he leave in the middle of the night to go to the airport? And we're already on like event number three with Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: Right. The chronology of this film. Um, and I know that the amount of driving involved. They should call this movie "The Longest Night." It really is. It, it, it must be December twenty first, right in the in the calendar. Of this. <laughs> Although it still wouldn't matter if he got up at three. He needs, anyways. That's yeah. a whole other issue. That's a different minute. Yeah, uh, that's another podcast. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I would imagine there would be taxis. It's not Albuquerque, right? Where there, it's
1: also not 2019 where there aren't any taxis.
0: Right. So there would have been a need for people to at least get home from drinking or whatever in Hollywood late at night. So, yeah, I, I, I think she just doesn't want to wait for a taxi.
1: Well, that's also his out. And that's what she doesn't want. She needs the attention. She needs needs, like somebody to. This person.
0: Yeah. um, With him. And and you had some insight into that. That she's self-centered and
1: narcissistic. Yeah. It makes. I don't want to be alone. She's all soft. No, 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 no. When really she's just like she needs somebody to be paying attention to her and helping her out. And she just needs the attention.
0: She's a difficult character to root for.
1: Right. As is Jeff Goldblum. Who doesn't I, I really
0: root for him just as someone who's at the a end when he's negotiating
1: with the Persians. Yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden he becomes very interesting. He, he's James Bond at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's developed a personality uh, yeah. all of a sudden.
0: But uh she's really difficult to to root for as a character. One could
1: say he becomes the Ferrari GTO oh, of protagonists oh, really? towards the end of this film, whereas currently he's basically the beige L- Toyota. The little, little beige
0: Toyota, yeah. yeah. Um actually this whole type of movie where someone is reluctantly pulled into a series of escalating events beyond their control.
1: Blind date. I don't see an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it was you said that triggered that. Uh yeah, Blind Date with um Bruce What's his name? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and Kim Basinger. Yeah. Um
0: I was thinking of And and there are a couple of examples of this. Uh, After Hours, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's a Martin Scorsese film from about two years previous to this. Um, But there's a great Portlandia sketch where uh, Carrie wakes up next to this guy Mm -hmm. played by Fred, but it's not Fred. Um, Is it the drummer? Yeah. Yeah, The guy is a drummer in a band and he's just (laughs) like, I don't have a cell phone. Can you drive me home? You know, she's offering at every, at every, uh, part of the story. She's just like, can I just drop you off here? Or, you know, you're no, 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 you got to keep, you know, yeah. and it, and it, it turns into this never ending series of errands. Oh, my buddy's to, got my keys. He's we gotta got to go by his place. Right. And then eventually she finally gets him to his house and, uh, his girlfriend is mad at him and comes running out and starts beating on, on Carrie's car and, <sighs> yeah, it's that's like this whole movie, but in a like a two minute sketch. Right. So there, th- this definitely the story structure of this and the types of things that happen in this film is definitely um, of a type. Uh, this isn't like out of thin air, this
1: whole this. Yes, this yeah. this format, this trope has been done right. before and since. Yeah.
0: I don't know why I thought of that in this minute, but, mm-hmm. but for sure. I think it's well, that, that it's
1: clinginess of her. Her clinginess. Yeah, yeah. And also we we were debating the plausibility of the sequence of events. Like, no, there's no such thing as a cab. And no, there's you no can't call anybody, cab. you know. and <laughs> No such thing as a fish. Um,
0: <clears throat> What? That's a podcast I listen to. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah. We got to get them on our podcast. That'd be great. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, he, he's not acquiescing at this point. He, he's soft. Did, did I say it wrong? <laughs> what did I say? Acquiescing is what, what you say? said,
0: which it sounds like when you're, when you're okay with the water that you've
1: yeah. <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. Acquiesce. Come on inside. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess he maybe softens a little bit, but he's still just trying to walk away. He is
0: literally. And walking away from
1: he's walking from a, away when he runs into uh some racist stereotypes pulling up yeah to a curb yeah so some arabs or persians they're getting persians. out of they're, a gold mercedes be,
0: it's like four persian guys and john um, landis and john landis um and goldblum says this is too weird for me I'm i'm out well that was before that and then right but he says i don't need any more i don't s word uh, in my yeah, life right And, uh, and then, and then she says, why are you
1: talking like that? You're a grown man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they're trying to leave. He's trying to leave. And obviously that there, his path now has been completely obstructed by the, we, I guess we'll call them the organized crime guys in the car.
1: Yep. They're constantly referring to the stones and that's the stones. Yeah. That's later, but that's yeah, yeah. and all, all I think of is like you're just the talking Stones, about going man. home and throwing on a Stones record, Altamont. Yeah. yeah, the idea that they're using the same corny slang for jewels through the whole movie—it's one of those giveaways that one person wrote the whole movie and didn't do a great enough job differentiating between characters. My favorite example: this is a beautiful film from 1989 called Shotgun. Um, I would look it up if you get a chance. No, I don't know that one. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, PM Productions. Uh, murphy was the PM one the... Produ- pr- no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's, a, it's a ripoff of Lethal Weapon and oh, that okay. that whole genre. Yeah. I mean, mostly Lethal Weapon. There's a few other things in there. Um, but uh, the the slang is so unnatural and every character in the movie uses the same mm. slang. And to constantly say stones when you're not even talking about diamonds seems like a pretty amateur move considering the people involved in this film. It'd be like
0: if every character in a clockwork orange spoken in, in droog speak.
1: Well, That'd but yeah, weird. there's a lot of slang in there, but it's true if the, um, like if the police used the same exact right. slang, that would be a good point. Yeah. It's kind of like that.
0: One thing I noticed about this, uh, part of the minute when he sees the, the, the Mercedes there, uh, is we get some old fashioned danger slash intrigue music sting. Hmm. It's not. It, it sounds like it's from a '60s or no. It sounds like it's from a '70s cop show. Well, that would
1: make it some of my favorite music then potentially.
0: Yeah, I think it's like like the flute trilling mm-hmm. and some bongos. Yeah, doom doom doom.
1: The part that I don't really like about the ending of this minute, you know. Uh, is the fact that they're like, oh, let's hunch and I'll put my arm Hunched. out and then I'll look <laughs> over. I'm peering around the right. side of the tree Right. and then they show the car. We don't, there's no we, sense. Of we don't it. even know if they filmed this on the same block there. We right. don't have any idea what the proximity is of the bad guys the and the good guys. The, yeah. Physically. It's yeah, really special. weak filmmaking in that particular moment. I really wanted to see like, where are they? Are they behind the car? Are they just whatever? And uh, they weren't able to make that dream come true for me. Oh, bummer. So, what's your favorite Jeff Goldblum? um, Um. Probably uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, whatever that movie's called.
0: Yeah, I have never seen that. We should watch it.
1: I have about
0: seven or eight Wes Anderson's that I haven't mm-hmm. seen, which means I've only seen two.
1: I, I've Wes seen Anderson three or four uh, recently. Actually, there were a couple I caught up on. Like I saw the one where the two little kids run away on long Island or whatever it is. I forgot what that one was called. Is that bottle rocket? No, no, no. That no. was the first one I ever saw. I, uh-huh. when I was working at a video store, a guy came in and when a guy comes in and talks about movies, you've never heard of that was, that's like a big deal. And so he said, Oh, you got to see this movie called bottle rocket. This was like 1999 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but uh, so I saw it and I loved it. I thought it was great. Really great movie. But um, no, I, I can't remember the name of it. It's not coming to you right now. It, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I've seen a few. I haven't seen all of them. I, I wouldn't even say I'm a big Anderson head, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really like The Life Aquatic. Yeah. Uh, the characters are all very compelling. Um I, I really dig it. Just so you know, B- Goldblum plays uh, Bill Murray's ex-wife's current boyfriend. Okay. I don't remember if they were married or not. Uh-huh. Um, And it's really interesting the way that dynamic plays out, Um, which if you haven't seen it, there is a, a Julian Barrett movie on uh, Netflix right now um, where he plays like an 80s. Julian Barrett's
0: from uh, The Mighty Boosh. You would know him from The Mighty
1: Boosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the name i 've only seen it. it's it 's something with an m it 's like the eighties action oh, cop mind star. croft or something like yeah, that i don't know yeah. what it is yeah it 's actually a really fun movie it 's really cool and then the guy who plays julian barrett 's foil in the uh um the crimp episode where they are yeah. r- ripping off each other he 's the guy who uh plays his ex wife 's current husband lover. And it's done to hilarious, hilarious uh ends in that film. Mindhorn. Mindhorn. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh go ahead and look up and watch Mindhorn on Netflix. It's and all then, right. I remember watching it right when it came out. You saw the movie? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I saw it right when it came out. It's here. like a low budget movie, but oh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it's it. It's
0: in the it has the same style as like the Simon Pegg. Um and I'm I'm forgetting the filmmaker's name, the guy who did the 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 Coronetto trilogy, where it's like Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz. and what the something Paul. at the end of the world or whatever. I don't know. Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah. Edgar it's Wright. it's very much like like if it's in that style of an Edgar Wright movie, which a lot of British movies now look Mm -hmm. that they look and feel like an Edgar Wright movie, just not maybe up to the same, um, standards. But, uh,
1: yeah, it was fun. I'm, I, I, Chris, I, it didn't, it's not a great movie, but it is really fun. And it, it leans heavily on, you know, some of the jokes that they know we already like from the people who perform in this movie. But when he, when, uh, Oh, it's the dude's name. It doesn't matter when he they <laughs> takes him in the he takes him in the garage and he goes through this long allegory about how he um like reacquired the car from the old TV show and then like, you know, showed it love and care and brought it back to health. And then he's like, and then I bought this car. See, because I was talking about your wife there because he has this beautiful stick all lined up, but not the sophistication to uh to deliver it without uh, being completely overt. My point is in yes. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou uh Goldblum has to like you know navigate this role of I know there are not is not only a history obviously but still some lingering feelings or resentment you know that you've got about your ex-wife Angelica Houston and but Goldblum has to like uh navigate this conflict because he's um Bill Murray is going to him for financing for a film cuz Goldblum's very very wealthy and the, the, to tr- to tread that line as an actor of like trying to maintain your dignity like or you know lording that over the your wife's ex-husband um and you, it's, yeah. there's a perfect parallel here between Mindhorn and this, yeah. but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's my favorite one, but there's a lot of them that I like. Yeah. I did see the fly in the theater, which is why I asked you what year did that come wow. out? So I was like nine. That or, was like
0: 87. I want to say. So maybe
1: yeah. I was 10. I don't remember when it came out exactly, but my brother was like, oh, we got to go see this movie. And I just remember like Jeff, who's the female actress? It was, um, was it Gina Davis? Yes, Gina Davis. Well, they were a couple, right? Yeah. Um, so, I remember taking still shots of that when I rewatched The Fly like five years ago because it was so funny for me to see Gina Davis in all this Cronenberg setting. And, you know, when like uh, he's blasting his head off with the shotgun at the end or whatever. Uh, seeing Gina Davis in that scene was really hilarious to me. I, I don't like Cronenberg, I don't think I his films we, are interesting.
0: A, this is a whole other podcast. Yeah. Like, why? Cronenberg we, we, v. v Verhoeven. Uh, Verhoeven. Yeah. So, Chris
1: and, Chris and I have been talking about doing a Cronenberg versus Verhoeven uh, battle yes. uh, via podcast. For years now. Yeah, <laughs> it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Were, we were. Um, but I remember watching Gina Davis and um, Jeff Goldblum having sex on a chair in the middle of the fly. And my mom turning to me and saying, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Yeah, And I was like, it That's puts me in an awkward position. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Puts you in an awkward position. How about Gina Davis? <laughs> um, I'll say this about Jeff Goldblum this is probably our only chance because our minutes are going to get a lot denser from here on out. He has one of those, it seems like to me, he has like the perfect acting career. And I'm not saying that he's not talented or or whatever, but he just, whoever his agent or management is, they do that perfect thing of like, he gets to do, Quirky projects that he obviously really enjoys, and then he gets to do other more serious things or, or, um, uh, that where he's the, the main role in it, um, that also help his career as well. So he's not a character actor, no, but he's he, he uh, or not exclusively a character actor. But he's always playing Jeff
1: Gold, but he's he always, always gets to be a, his thing.
0: But he's always playing a variation on himself. Um, it's just magic, like that. He and he's been at it since the '70s. Uh, I believe one of the first films he was in was Annie Hall or Manhattan. Yeah. One of one of the yeah. early uh, Woody Allen films, and he's just been at it forever. And it's just such a like if I were to go into show business. That's the, that's the career I would want is, is the Jeff Goldblum career. And I imagine when people go up to him on the street, they're not losing their minds because it's Jeff Goldblum. It's more like, Hey, Jeff
1: Goldblum. We know that you're a cool guy because yeah. you were on Tim and Eric. Yeah, exactly. And
0: he's on things like Tim and Eric or Portlandia or yep. shows like that. Whereas Did you see the
1: video where he reviews fan art? Like he's got a stack of no. like uh, portraits that people have sent to him. Was that a him? Tim and Eric thing? No, or, no, no. Or? I don't remember. It was like, it may as well be like Entertainment Weekly or something. I don't know who produced and published the video but it's a good 12 minutes of him like look, like pulling out these portraits that people have sent him and kind of reviewing them it's really really good yeah. I mean I, I would recommend anybody watch that because you just get to see Goldblum be himself yeah. and like be kind of like have a flat affect but be very you know wryly entertained by these uh, humorous depictions and you know uh, it's very good it's very good
0: and he I would imagine he's over 60 years old by now for right? sure yeah and he's still for lack of a better word, he's hip. He looks great and yes. Well, I mean he looks great and he, he knows like what are the weirder projects that are out there in in show business that I can get involved in, pop into for a few minutes, you know, do a little feature roll in and yeah. enjoy it. And so he still he still has a sense of like like what's on the cutting edge of quirkiness really.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was in Earth Girls Are Easy and I was Buckaroo mention Bonsai and from the Eighth Dimension. We just watched
0: Buckaroo Bonsai, and we enjoyed him in that eh, a little more than we enjoyed him in this.
1: Yeah. To be honest. But, I mean, we didn't really... But he was given more to do. That's... Yeah. 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 He was allowed to act in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I No other Goldblum films leap out at me. I really just like his more... Um, there was just slightly more emotional depth and complexity to his character in, uh the life aquatic. Mm-hmm. Was he in the big chill? Yes. Then that might be my favorite Goldblum role. Oh, wow. That's a great okay. movie. Yeah. It's sort of, he, he's
0: in an ensemble though.
1: Yeah. That's definitely an ensemble. Uh, William Hurt.
0: Yeah. But he strikes me as someone who like hangs around with like, David Lynch or people like that Probably. when he wants to. And then when he wants to, he hangs around with, you know, I mean, he's some, a, he's a dude young, who
1: could wear a, a, you know, a, a knit wool tie that was still, squared off at the bottom yeah. with a plaid shirt. You know, that's,
0: I had that outfit when I was 15, basically my mom's second husband I used to, wear tie the, to high school. We had no dress code. Oh my God. Yeah. Not, not every day. It was kind of, of like I not. would do like dress up Friday, and I would wear like a the the wool <laughs> the the knit tie. And it actually had nothing to do with this. It was uh, Harry Anderson on uh, night, oh, night night court. court. Yeah, he always had yep. on the the. And I was like, oh man, when I'm those a, ties when, gave me the
1: creeps, man. They, they don't make any up,
0: sense to me. <laughs> when I'm a grown up, I'm going to dress like like Harry Anderson. That's what I was. That, that was my, my tenth grade. Yeah, 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 I wanted one, but my the one. That would have looked good instead of looking like Indiana Jones uh, Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, those were all like a hundred plus dollars. My parents were yeah. like, "No, we're not getting you that because you'll, you'll wear it, you'll wear it for two weeks and get beat up, and then you'll never <laughs> wear it." <yet.
1: laughs> yeah, but that's every piece of clothing. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's about it for our minute. Oh, yeah.
1: Porsche this 928. Sort of a, manufactured a, oh. suggested retail price $50,000 base model. So so that's okay. Yeah. We
0: have cracked
1: the, the yeah. Porsche question. Yeah. Clearly a 928, probably a 928 S. I don't know if they had GTs in 85, but uh, yeah, that was a, that's, you know, I still think the best car Porsche ever made. It's basically a German muscle car. It's a hatchback V8. It's a great car. You ever driven one? Have I ever driven one? No. If you ever get a chance, you should. <laughs> it's a great car.
0: I, I think the most expensive car I've ever driven was my father's Audi 5000.
1: Yeah, that's a nice car too. Back it's no 928, but it's a nice car. Yeah, those those are handsome. Uh, they had one for sale uh, a couple of years ago here in Albuquerque, and I was just like, yeah, I'll go check that out. But the interior had been destroyed. Somebody had like... It was a rare manual transmission version. Like, they weren't that many of those. They used a Mercedes-Source three-speed automatic, which actually worked great for that car. Mm-hmm. But somebody, like, just to give you an idea of what the interior looked like, in addition to have never been cleaned or maintained since 1987 or whatever, um, there was a chrome skull with red, <laughs> red plastic <laughs> jewel eyes Classic. for the shifter in a Porsche 928. And so at that point, I was just like, I'm not even going to begin attempting to recondition this car. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I'm sure it was a 928, which hey, if you could take that on a road trip from uh, Los Angeles up to San Francisco because you borrowed it from your friend who's borrowing it from their sister, I would suggest you take them up on the offer. That's
0: a great car to get stuck in 10 hours of traffic.
1: It's very comfortable.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh that's about it for this minute. How about yourself? Anything? Um No, we're done. Okay. You can find the Into the Night Podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site nightminute.com. You can find this podcast on social media. How about that? Yeah. Hey social media. At the King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook and on Twitter at nightminute.
1: You can listen to our podcast, open you can the do podcast that too. Store as hell. Find it on iTunes or Google Podcasts. I forgot what they call it on the app. There, I think Google it's just Google one. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad they finally made their own app because the third party ones kind of sucked. Well, um,
0: that's it for episode 32, and we will
1: see you next Wednesday. On- <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> Goodbye. or what I say I fall in the or what category